Hello, welcome back to the Mr. Arsenal podcast. For well, that's all podcast, no watch songs this, this this time anyway, tonight, because fuck Champions League football. So yeah, and it's still sort of got that, oh, I'm going to put it, the, the bitterness of last week, the, the weekend, and we've got, we've got Thursday to look forward to, so we've got briefly touch on that and then look, literally see where see where I'll try to go, fix this because this is a massive 10 days room uh, absolutely huge it's make or break not just for him for the club but as you can see I'm joined by Gary uh, Andrew is on his way as well he'll be with us in a couple of minutes Anthony from Public of Arsenal how are you doing Anthony? Doing good doing good made it in the end I, I eventually yeah. eventually got onto the channel I uh, <laughs> Yeah, I've been trying to work things around for a while, but uh, no, I'm delighted. Delighted I could finally make an appearance, make my debut here tonight. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, big shout out to Farhan and Gary. Um, I've appeared on, on channels before with the lads. So yeah, great panel. Yeah, this has been, as I said, it's been a long time getting it, get it, get it around, but it's got there eventually, as you said. And as, you, as you've already touched on Farhan as well, another debut to the channel as well. We've done it since 69. How you doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for having me, like mate. Uh, yeah, like you said, <laughs> ninety-six. Yeah, um, yeah, long time coming. Again, uh, another another show. I've been itching to come on for a while, and you know, I'm glad we've 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 finally made it happen. And um, as Anthony said, great panel. A um, mm. couple of lads I've been with before, obviously with Gary and Anthony, and uh, yeah, hopefully we'll have another cracking discussion tonight. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, I'm just going to pick up, pick up, pick up the chat. Jamie, uh, uh, Steve, the Arsenal misfit, and one of all already joined us. Uh, Jamie, before we even start, he's clearly, so going in and really going, cleaning under the players' care except Tierney and Saka. This is this is our most important game this season. I can guarantee you, if they both start, they'll look like the only ones that even care. And we're going to touch on this later as well. Uh, Steve as well. Yeah, he says we. Looked so poor the last game. I was outmanaged in every way. The players were not even not given a chance, or the tactics in the second half to win. We did touch on this on the watch long as well. I don't blame most of the players for the last game. And and yeah, that's, this is what we're going to stop, sort of start off with. So go back briefly. Sorry, guys. Saturday, one all draw. We're winning one 0 Getting an early goal. We actually score an early goal. And don't concede. And yet, again, we don't take our chances. And it's the same, as I said, as I said on Saturday, it pissed me off. The same face as the, the experienced players, and this, this time Granite Jacker again, letting us down. And he's a, and he's he's brain-dead football, not, not having a football mind, and his stiffness of what he is forgot, gave us away three points. And in the second half... He finishes a match. There's no consequence to his actions. And Mikel Subs was just bizarre. I mean, me and Gary touched it with the guys as well. But uh, was t- what did you what did you guys think now? I'll start with you, Anthony. Yeah, look, it seems to be a case of um, we take two steps forward, three steps back. We finally got it right this time. We we didn't concede in the first five, six minutes. And instead, it was us that actually went and scored early. And that's been one of my major criticisms of Arsenal. They just start so slow. We finally came out of the blocks. We, we took an early lead. And I thought to myself, happy days. Like This, this should be a comfortable, comfortable routine, three points for us. But Arsenal being Arsenal... It's the uh, the complete lack of killer instinct again. 
I've uh, mm. I, I'm actually I'm sick of listening to myself talk about this lack of killer instinct now on on, uh, on various on channels and that. Uh, but look, it, it, it reared its head again. You know, the lack of organization, lack of leadership, and just lack of killer instinct. We just cannot seem to kill off a team. Like we smell blood, and what do we do? We take the foot off the gas, whereas another team would just go for it and, and see the game off. And it's Arteta and the fine margins that it comes down to the whole time. And and this is the problem when you when you play with these fine margins the way Arteta wants to play. And then you have guys on the pitch, David Luiz and Granit Xhaka, who can completely blow the game plan, you know, um, in, in one instance. But look, we'll probably get into all that a little bit later on, but look, really, really, really disappointing result. Um, it should have been in the bag for us, you know. It was like the first game against Burnley. It, it wasn't so much Burnley hurt Arsenal. It, it's Arsenal hurt and Arsenal all over again. And that seems to be the theme of the season. <laughs> yeah, what about, what about yourself, Gary? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's uh, it's Arsenal beating Arsenal again, you know, and in a negative way. Usually we want, going forward, we're going to have to beat ourselves in a positive way, you know, meaning we just don't mm. give anything up. Uh, and that's kind of what we're looking forward to hopefully seeing. I, I think we keep saying, we've been saying, kind of say the same thing after every game because the next game we have, uh, you know, as a the games get whittled down. The next game is the most important one, but hmm. the next three games are tip are kind of important for us now. If we have a bad three-game stretch, we're in trouble, and we kind of went into it negatively, right? So usually I like to kind of build on the previous game and find something good in it and uh, build on that so that you can use it into the next game. But the last thing we, we did in that game that, you know, the biggest – biggest thing that happened in the last game was all us doing something negative so you kind of want to build on that you know i kind of would have liked to see the team come out and basically be upset with the way they played as opposed to just accepting what happened to them right i think they were more accepting of the result than they were like you know what this was on us we we got to do better we are this is not arsenal that you know i came to play with you know they felt like they were okay with it which is not a good for me, not a good mental state to be in is that, you know what, whatever happens to us, we'll, 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 we'll live with it, you know, because there is no way this team could, could, could play in front of a crowd, not the way they're playing right now, not the way they're talking right now. There's no way, no way, because the fans will be on them, would be pushing them ahead and they, they probably would freeze because they probably would get a little, uh, they would probably feel the stress from that, thinking, you know, I got to make the t- team do well, and then they fall, as opposed to using that as the energy to build them, build them up, so that they can actually get something out of a game, right? I mean, that's mm-hmm. kind of where I think we're a little fragile in that sense, that we just don't, uh, we do, <laughs> we don't realize that you know the severity of things, so that we can actually use that to motivate us to do something better, you know, get something more out of the game. I mean. The last, the last six minutes of the half, of both half, essentially, were, were polar opposites, right? The first one, we mm-hmm. kind of did it to ourselves. The second half, we did all we could. We threw ourselves at that goal trying to get something in. And you're like, well, why is it not, not there for like 60, 70 minutes of the game? Like whenever you have possession, that is what you're, you're trying to do. When you have possession of the, the ball, you put it in the goal. At all, you know, no, it doesn't really matter how you get it in there. Just get it in there. And we, they tried in that last six minutes. And that kind of urgency is what we need 
you know, I think at least 60, 70% of the, the game, right? And we just, mm. they, we never know when they're going to turn that on. And they turned it on in the last game, but I think that's because they embarrassed themselves. But they got it. That's how they got to start every game. I mean, one goal lead after six minutes, you expect to come out with at least three points, mm-hmm. at least. You know what I mean? As opposed to maybe a big score. So mm-hmm. that's what you know. That's that's what I hopefully, like I said, I hopefully they build on it. But I don't know. I don't know what this team doesn't seem to build on the previous game as much as I would would hope they would. So, well, especially, yeah. especially when we sort of beat the previous week, that looked down the road, battered them after getting the goal themselves. They, took, they didn't take the foot up to us until they got them four clear goals. Yeah, we can't do that anymore. As you said, it, it's frustrating. Why did they leave it to the last few minutes? And why, and why are we then dependent on VAR as well? Because that's, that's the crux of the thing now. Not only what the Jacker situation, then, that VAR fucked us again. Yay. Story of our season again. Bar yeah. <laughs> does not like us. <laughs> no, hell no. And then they all come out and say, it was a pen, but approximately, or it definitely was a pen, but I don't know what the referee's thinking. It's like, that doesn't help now, does it? Because you can't give us a penalty now. Go back in that pitch and give us a penalty yeah. or give us points. Because that, that's it. It's dead and gone, mate. It just pisses me off people and people say that. Especially Demo, though, really. I can't stand it. Um, yeah, Gunner as well. Um, got your name. Um, sorry, your yeah. thoughts? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Your thoughts on Saturday, Saturday as well, and what's going on? Uh, well, look, Gary makes a good point about uh, the attitude and the mentality of the players, the reaction. Um, I think I think what we're all forgetting is that the Arsenal mentality has 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 somewhat developed and morphed over the years, and is something which is all which all fans are familiar with, all too familiar with. Um, this is not something that we should be surprised about ever since 2006, ever since that, ever since that Champions League final. I don't think Arsene Wenger's been the same. I don't think the club's been the same. I think it's something which has rocked them to the core, um, something that we are still getting over. Um, and, and we saw it, it from the, the years that went by, the League Cup final against Birmingham, uh, the league forms, the questions about constantly finishing fourth and not being able to break that ceiling um and and you know this is a problem that's been going on for years and this is a, a problem that has been inherited year in year out because we have a lack of leadership off the pitch on the pitch and we have a lack of creativity in the market so when you look at the type of players that we have on, on the pitch on saturday and the mistakes that were made and um the things on that the, the things that happened on the pitch that ultimately cost us the game it's no surprise you know, that those ultimately the mistake was made by Granite Xhaka. It's no surprise that we came out of second gear until the 80th minute of the second half when, mm. you know, two-dimensional football is being played with 11 players that are so clueless. They looked so clueless. They looked so helpless. And I feel mm. for Arteta, I really do, because I do see a bright manager in him who has ideas that when implemented through the right players you know, can be beautiful a, a beautiful thing to look at. We only need to look at the results against Newcastle, against Southampton, against West Brom, against Chelsea. It worked. Um, and that's not to say there isn't good performances in these players. There are. You know, these are decent football players. Unfortunately, the consistency hasn't been there. And unfortunately, these, are, these players aren't good enough to push us to the next level. We're 10th. We are where we belong. The result that we got was... Uh, we didn't deserve anything more than that, you know. So the result of that game, the performance of that game, 
and ultimately where we are in the league reflects where the club is and how far we've moved since the 2006 Champions League finals. So I'm not surprised by it, but the only question that I want answering is where do we go from now and what are the steps required to push this club up to where it needs to be? There's a bit of an echo since Andrew's come in. Hang on a sec, guys. I'll change my headphones. I think they're a bit dodgy, mate. I'll just mute oh, myself. No, no, no. Oh, no yeah, I thought it was just me for a sec second there. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying because yeah, 2006. It not, yeah, it did, as you said, it didn't, it didn't just spot the club. It did. It did do something to Arsene. It was like he was determined, and in his way, no matter what, he was going to stick with it until it worked. Mm. And obviously, no matter what, even though Man City come in like 2008 with the current owners and all that, and we all see what's happened now, he's st he was still stubborn in his way. He still believed his way was the way of winning the titles in modern day football. It was, it was getting out of hand, and it got out of hand. And the club sort of, even Cronky was when he was like the majority owner, not the full owner. He allowed this to happen. So I've got there's, there's got to be blame put on him as well because, as a businessman, no matter what we. They're saying the state states about him, what we think of him. He sort of thought, long term, this ain't good for me. I need to, if I want to make money out of this club, like he seems to want to do, just make money, not spend it. Then he has to do the right thing. It took too, it took too long, and now we're suffering the consequence because they went through Naomi. He got fifth, the second, and then a, a European, European, the European final got bad in that, and then since that final. Things just fell apart through so, you nine. Know, we all saw that. And then Mikel had that, that as a manager's bounce, he gets his first trophy in his managerial queue in the first few months of his time at Arsenal. And then this season, where it's just, if I could be a better, a, sem, a, not a full sample squad of players, but some of these players that are in there as well, you, it's arguably a better squad than what Unai had, and yet we're worse off. We've lost more to games this season in the league than what he he did in it last in his last half of the season. For the seat for this seat, half came in. I just want so, to make a point about that, Ryan. Sorry, let me just quick make a quick point about it. It's really interesting you mentioned that. And I think you're what you're gonna go on to is metrics ultimately. Um I don't know if people you would want to follow XGE and stuff like that. I, I I don't. Um but what I think most people do look at is the league table. The league table ultimately tells a story of how a club yeah. uh, what what the story of the club is. I was listening to um Arscast, um just an hour ago with uh, Andrew um, and they were making a good point about XGs and the league table and it's a it's really it's a really weird situation for Arsenal this season because the league table doesn't tell the full story of our season because whilst we have looked re we have looked far better than last season I, I think we can all agree that Arsenal this season under Mikel Arteta looked far better than they did against United Emery on Unai Emery, we looked very flat. We looked very lost of ideas. Yes, we were creating more going forward, but we were—I mean, the, the 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 shots that were going against us. Um, if you look at the statistics in Premier League games where we were um, where oppositions were having shots against us, far greater than the shots that we were having. And one thing that really, for me, crossed the line with Unai Emery was the style of football that we were playing. It was very abject. It was mm. very one-dimensional, non-imaginative. So I think 
it's really easy to make the case that, look, we're 10th in the league. Clearly, it's not working. Um, well, I'd like to make the opposition argument of that Arsenal are playing better football, but there are also a number of other reasons why it, ha why it hasn't worked. I think what's not, for me, in my opinion, what's from what I see, because again, none of us will be able to go to the games, home or away or whatever. So we're just seeing what we're seeing on the screen. It doesn't, what's not helping, in my opinion, is that he's constantly picking Benjamin. He's constantly picking, picking Jack. The, the players that are constantly letting down, he'll, he'll no, no matter what, have their back and picking, as we touched on earlier. If Pepe makes a mistake, he's hangs him out to dry the public and roasting it there and then. Or Danny Sabayas makes one mistake, he's dropped the next day. So, next game, sorry. And think it's just if you're not in his, uh, his top tier of favorite players that he likes, you're at the squad. I mean, Martinelli, when, when, when um, Uber got a three game suspension back in after that first game in. Martinelli came in, three games, did fantastic, did nothing wrong. Uber, Uber's out of his suspension and suddenly Martinelli's not even in the squad anymore. And it's, it's sort of come back, come back again. Actually, he's injured this time around. He's got a little niggle. He's now fit again, but he's now just on the bench. He's not even getting ahead of Woody and Even Woody that's a frustrating play because apart from the last couple of games and the first game of this season, what's he done to, to contribute in a positive manner to this club in terms of goal contribution or creativity. And that's yeah, another frustrating thing. These are things that are, that are building up but are not helping Mikel, in my, in my opinion. And the wife of things that aren't going to go the way he wants because then the players that are doing what, they, what he wants and aren't letting down are thinking, well, hang on, we're getting punished for no reason, yet the ones that are letting you down constantly, by the way, no matter what, not just under you, under other managers as well, or constantly in the team, no matter what. Yeah, and I was just going to say there. Yeah, there is multiple fix, multiple problems that need to be fixed, right? So I mean, that's why our defense looks much better because that was one of the, the one of the holes that we had. But then the the, the lack of con, you know concentration also is killing us, you know, because we need to be on. We need to be on for ninety minutes, and we're not right now. Which we would see one half, we looked good, and one half we just didn't look. We just didn't look like we were wanted to be involved at all. So that's another thing. And then you know, I think we always said we, you know, the scoring it could be better. You know, we expected, you know, with some of the additions, we expected. I mean, going into this season, I thought Pepe would would improve from his the way he ended last season. He seemed to regress coming into the season. Willian showed us in one game. You know, yeah. Okay, we want more of that, and then we never saw it again for like you know, twenty games that he played after that. Uh, Saka definitely improved, right? I mean, Martinelli's been hurt, so so we've had a lot of so like some of our some of the improvement I was expecting to see this season just because we had you know some more players coming in just never came to fruition, and we just never saw that. So then that's why we're sitting here. We're not. You know, we're not giving up you know multiple goals anymore to the big teams or even you know, anybody really. But and the defense is good. If if defense is good when it's eleven against eleven, but when it's when it's like twelve against ten because we make a mistake on our side, it kind of, we get we get punished for it. So uh, and that that that's all about concentration and that's all about some leadership on the field, which we don't have. We know that. So it's 
it's you know we've, we're fixing little things, but then you know you you, you fix one hole and then a, another two, you know, break on the other side of the uh, you know on the other side of the dam essentially, and then you got to go run over there and fix it. Um, so that's kind of where we I think that's where we are right now, kind of stop gaps, stop gaps until we have a a solid, a solid I think what eighteen man team. I think we're we're sitting around eleven or twelve right now of players that that work, and a lot of them are all in the same spot. So. We, you know, we're, mm. it is a rebuild. It's going to take some time, and uh, mm. I don't. I want to be patient, but it's hard. It's hard when mm. we when we have a game like we did last time, where that should be a win, right? Mm. I understand we're we're in a rebuild, but that game's got to be a win. If if not, mm. then when we get the wins, you know, when we come out also, and you know smash so, somebody in the first ten minutes. Yeah, I think also makes it harder is that we're seeing teams like West Ham and Aston Villa, Aston Villa who, who survived by a point last season above us. Yeah. Mm. And more, look to be looked like they're going to finish above us and get European spot and like us. Um, West Ham are going for a Champions League spot, and we all, we everyone, even West Ham fans at the start of the season thought they're going to be in a relegation scrap. So when, when we're seeing things like that, when they've all due respect, apart from a couple of players, got lesser squad, so we say, in terms of talent compared to what we meant to have, it's even more frustrating. But it goes to prove again what we've always said on this channel and other. It's the recruitment. For years, the recruitment has been absolutely abysmal. We've been throw, we throw money at anyone now when they when they came they initially came when I opened Gazidos was in charge doing these stats DNA products. I mean, some of you bought what was it, Mustafi and Zaka was based on stat DNA. Look at the wages we gave them straight from the off. And another one, another club itself wonders why there's a youngster. Whose agent is asking him for him to have forty k a week? Because it's 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 been it's been embedded into the club and it's been accepted at, to a point. Now, even though they they want to change that now and move on from that, it's it's going to be hard because of things like that. Because you've got you've still got these players here. And look how hard we we had to literally terminate every pretty much every Deadpool player we've got rid of so far. We've had to terminate their contracts. We've had to we've had to pay them off. I, I would pay. Money. I would pay. I would pay. I would pay Balogun the money, because Saka, because they they're always comparing Saka to that to that to his to his contract. But guess what? Saka is going to get paid sooner than later. So to me, it's not it's it's uh, mm -hmm. irrelevant at this point. But Balogun's potential is such that a team, they can't just let that walk out the door. And even if after a year they realize it's not the right fit, and they want to sell. I have a feeling they'll be able to get back mm. some of the money that they just spent on him, you know, because mm. I th I feel like they just can't be letting talent walk out the door that easily. It's not to me. It's not a big. It's not a big chunk of change to let him walk out than it is to try to bring somebody in to replace him. At this point, um, mm. and 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 then the worst case scenario is they let him leave a year or two from now because it doesn't work out. But for me, Sack is going to get you know he's going to be up six figures soon. And uh, sorry to jump in there, but I just I, I'm actually I'm actually for like paying them the money more because they've mm. done this to themselves, and more because mm. there is potential there. And if there if we if we can if we're able to uh, benefit from that potential, then we won't have to mm. spend as much money on certain positions on the field, mm. you know, be it strike or wherever he decides to they decide to move them to. Yeah, um, Andrew, just obviously we've finally got you back. 
I mean, yeah, sorry about that. I don't know what the hell was no, going on. None of my um, Bluetooth nurse. earphones are working at all. Three pairs of them. So apologies. All right, <laughs> no, anyway, nice to, be, nice to be here. Thank you. Yeah, just, yeah no way it's one of them. Not, I was just touching on, obviously, before we really go on to Thursday. Uh, Saturday and what mm. went wrong, not just the Jacques situation, but also Mikel and the substitutions and the game management of the players and why they... It, again, it's like the title set, like I said in the title, it's time for the players to put in it. And when I say the players, I mean the senior players, because we, we can see the youngsters, they give they do give a shit. They do care. Even Tierney, who comes from Celtic, he, he has that one in mentality. He doesn't have this mentality mm. of a mid-table, mediocrity crap that we seem to be accustomed to. But it's, a, it's the, uh, the Granite Jackers of this, David, the Granite Jackers, Benjamin's bloody... Um, David Louise on a consistent basis, uh, Lacazette, Aubameyang as our club captain, need to be stepping up and putting more performance in. They should be embarrassed that these youngsters, 18, 17 year old lads, are performing better than them. And they've only played half, most of them have only played half a a game, not half a game, half of the the second half of the season. No, I agree. I mean, I did a a blog a, few, a couple of weeks ago now and talking about the work we've still got to do in the summer and I stopped counting when I got to about 12 players that we should probably be looking to get rid of. Um, <laughs> yeah, I could have gone on. But um, firstly, about Balogun, I think there's, there's a couple of angles there. Firstly, I think the latest was that he's, he is very close to signing a new deal and he wants the same as Saka at 40 grand. Yeah, that's what we were told on the weekend, yeah. If I, I mean, if that if that's the case, it, I have to be honest. I would actually, in this day and age, it's ridiculous. I mean, but the money. But I would probably pay mm. the forty grand because tying him down will benefit us a lot more in the long term. Even if we do have to sell him in a year or two, we'll get a lot more money from obviously than letting him walk out. But that's the second point, really. We we're not we're not letting anyone walk out. I mean, Venga predicted this what fifteen years ago that people mm. will always you know start to more and more run down their contracts because it's in mm. their benefit to do so yeah and financially the agents obviously will be getting them to do that because they will earn mm. more money as a result of it mm. and there are probably i don't know i mean I'm, let's just let's just be kind and say that there's 20 percent of agents out there that are very unscrupulous shall we say without wanting to swear at this time of night so and that's being very very kind let's face it it's probably a lot more higher percentage than that um he's probably getting uh you know extremely bad advice he's young he's gullible he's probably being blinded mm. by the amount of uh, money that the agent's putting into his ear roll and mm. he's uh doing what he's told basically yeah so I, I don't think it's a case of letting these kids walk out i think they've just been told to and it's it's being conditioned into them more and more as every season passes mm. With regards what? to what we, should, we need to do, uh, mm. we, we I think we all were realistic enough to know that after January, we've still got a hell of a lot of work to do to get all the wrong players out of the club that have been dragging mm. this club um, negatively down in a downward spiral for many years. Um, the good sign is that a lot of the players we have brought in do seem to be of the right sort of mentality, in, in the main anyway. Mm. Uh, not all of them, but in the main. And there are a lot of green shoots, but I don't know whether we've got enough time to wait for Arteta to be able to do this and turn it round. We're, we're mm. one of the biggest clubs in the world. How long do you actually give it? 
I mean, I, I would love to. I'd love him to stay. I've really got a mm. lot of time for Arteta, but I don't think, as a fan, most fans haven't, have they? I mean, me included. I mean, after the weekend, I was pretty livid, to be honest, with some mm. decisions he made. Uh, I hate to. I mean, the, you know, the, the flip flops are the worst type of, of fan, really, aren't they? But I have to admit to being really un, unsettled myself. One week, I think he's pulled it round, winning two must-win games in a week, doing fantastically mm. well to do that with some good performances in difficult circumstances. Um, and then it all just takes, you know, one step forward, two steps back type of situation. And and the, it seems mm. to be happening quite a lot. And his man management skills do leave a lot to be desired. His, mm. I think he should know what who to, to substitute now after being in the job for 18 months mm. and... Bringing yeah. on Lacazette for Erdegaard when Erdegaard is the exact player that Lacazette would actually feed from. I mean, that didn't make any sense. I mean, there's no logic to that sort of situation. So it's, I hate to say, but I mean, I, I don't, I'm really undecided. I'm, I'm actually back on the fence. On my hand, I mm. really do want him to see this through. The other hand, he would mm. not have stayed this long in any of the other major clubs across Europe mm. no. that want to be it's challenging. Been- he would have gone by now, so... We've been saying, all, we've been saying, Andrew, we've been saying all season on my podcast, your podcast, uh, Richards, mm. and all that. If there were fans in the stadium, he would have been gone back in back in November, December I mean, time. They're, they're so lucky. We're going for that. Well, yeah, because literally, it would have been initially booze and jeers and get out. Of, you're not fit to wear the shirt, and then they wouldn't be turning up. And we, like I said before, recently when Wenger got given the boot or got given the choice to go, or whatever, one of the way you look at it. That's when the attendance started going down. Then it's, that's when the owner stand thought, um, "Yeah, time to go." But because you've been because you've been a great servant to the club, you can go your own way. We can make it out that you decided to leave with your own accord, whatever. And then the same happened to you and I. Only two, but the thing is, that was two games. That was literally the Southampton game. That's barely that's barely full. It was like half full. And literally, <laughs> the Frankfurt game. That was literally I mean, not, not, even a fa- not even a thousand yeah. fans in that night. And the next day he was out. The um, I keep I keep going back to that point when Lacazette scored that last minute equaliser against Southampton. Mm. That was celebrated. Not one person in the in the crowd cheered. He didn't no. know what to do. He looked embarrassed. Unai mm. Emery didn't cheer, or you know, didn't seem happy. Uh, that was the weirdest situation. I think single most weirdest situation I've I've seen in in all my years as mm. an Arsenal supporter at that, that particular moment. That, no one knew how to feel. You know, mm. the last minute equaliser at home. Mm. It was just, just, and I thought that was, I thought at the moment at that time that was rock bottom. But I was wrong. Obviously, we mm. went, we went on to oh, our, a few days, get to <laughs> new depths after that. But um, it, it's just one thing. I, I really, I think I saw a comment on it. I haven't got my glasses on right at this moment, so apologies. Mm. I can't see it. Well, roaring. I think actually, yes. Sorry, you just um, mm. put it on the screen. It's sort of linked to what I was going to say. I really can't understand this. You know, I touched on earlier the man management side of Arteta's reign, and I just can't justify the way that he treats certain players differently than others. And it's been we've been talking about this for weeks and months now, but you know, I've been so banging the drum saying a player, and I will never back down. You know this, right? A player mm. needs to run a games. To get form, it's it's. We've all played probably. I'm sure we all have played football at a certain level, whether it's down the park with your mates, 
in a Sunday League team. You know that you need a certain number of games to get up to sharpness, fitness, confidence uh, and form. And you, when you do that, won't Pepe gets into form that we're all starting to get a little bit excited more about him again? Mm. That he's starting to turn the corner. He's going to become the player that we all wanted him to be. Not never going to be worth that money, but we all want him to be a certain level of consistency. And when he gets there, he suddenly dropped again. I mean, I, mm. I just don't see that logic. And and what's happening with Martinelli? I've got absolutely no idea. Uh, I don't think. I mean, what? It's not looking good for William Saliba. He would be walking into our team, I think, at the moment ahead of David Luiz. I mean, we all want to see what it could be like with mm. Saliba and, you know, maybe Gabriel probably at the back, just, just to see, I mean, that could be a partnership for 10 years if it works and clicks. We'd love to see it before he goes, but will we? I don't know if he stays in charge. I mean, Guendouzi is like Marmite. Some people love him, some people hate him. I like his, you know, I like his fight on the pitch and so on, but I, I, I knew that he needed a lot of work. I was really looking forward to him working under Arteta and learning how to play football properly. You know, and honing that skill and being a bit more um, structured on the pitch. But he's never coming back. We know that for a fact. Mm. I mean, Torreira, I think he's only... I mean, he, we we all liked Torreira at the beginning. He was form was up and down. But then, then Unai Emery started playing him, thinking he was as the new 10. Eden Hazard. Yeah, <laughs> and, you know, trying to play him as the number 10. And he didn't like that. Obviously, it didn't suit his game. I think he maybe mentioned it in one or two... Um, interviews in the press saying, mm. you know, I'm, I'm not really that happy because I'm playing out of position. Words to that effect anyway. Mm. And I think he's he pretty much binned out after that when he, he played a couple of games that he broke his leg or broke his ankle. Never seen mm. him again. He's not getting a game for Atletico's. What's going to happen to him? He's only 24 years old. So yeah. I, I think he was worth probably maybe 20, 25 million. What's he worth now? Maybe 10? You know, it, we can't keep no, losing yeah. our players' value, not treating them properly, and and just seeing that value decrease. It's just, hmm. uh, and then you get Jacker and Williams. In, in fairness to Arteta, though, in, in fairness, I, I don't think anyone he's actually got rid of. I I don't think anyone has been a bad judgment call so far. You know, what, like what about Martinelli? Anybody... Why, why is Martinelli not even getting a sniff? Why did why did why is um, Reece Nelson? Where is he? I mean, he's in the under-23s last I saw him, scoring an absolutely amazing free kick. But he was one of his favourites initially. But he first started, he yeah. like, is he, what, Has he got leprosy or something? I don't know. He's just like cast aside. Yeah, then, but like, uh, he, he scored a nice free kick. But, you know, I've watched a few games. He's not exactly lighting up the under-23s, which, you know, well, William wasn't me. either, is he, to be fair? William was no, thinking no, no, the place that, out. That, I mean... That, that is true. That is true. No, look... If you're going to justify William playing, I can't see why Reese Nelson's not getting some time. But like in terms of the other players that have gone out, Grandusi had a, a terrible attitude, and he still has. He's after falling out with the Hertha Berlin coach. So we know so that. Yeah, that, that's a, yeah, that's a so given. far yeah, that looks a good call. Mm. Mustafi are leading the charge over Chalga. They've just got a man sacked. Torreira does not want to be in England. So you know what can you do? He, he never wanted. To, to be in London, you know, he, he doesn't like the weather, he still doesn't speak the language, he doesn't want to be there, regardless of whether he's good or not. Saliba, look, he's going to come back, he's out, he's playing, you know, he's out, he's developing, he's going to come back. Like, Ozil, all that, they, 
I think oh, we, I didn't even like, mention that guy, please. Yeah. You know, it makes a little bit of sickle <laughs> come up into my mouth. It's yeah. Yeah. No, I just I, I think we, have to, we have to be fair as well. We have to be fair for all the flaws and the negatives. I think we have to take some positives. Look, he's identified the players that you know don't suit the system that he wants. They don't have the attitude he wants. It's going to be a... It's. I said this um, on one of the other panels. Okay, the, the league table is one thing, and ultimately that is what you're going to be judged on, which is fair. That's completely fair. But I think you have to look at the checklist that Arteta has in front of him. You know, you don't really have much money to spend. You're being told you need to clear the wage bill. He's doing this. He's, he's starting to identify new targets. He, he's done this. You know, he's brought in a different... Um, different style of player um, in Odegaard. Uh, he, he's gone with loan signings because obviously the funds haven't been there. You kind of have to look at you know the, the good things he is doing. And we are playing, okay, results aren't going our way. You can blame VAR, you can blame the fine margins, whatever you want to blame. But it's about the best football we've played in a long, long time. So you know if he does have the time to bring in the, the calibre of player he wants, I can imagine... We we a hell of a lot better off this time next season, you know, if he is actually backed by the guys upstairs. The problem is, I don't think he's going to be back, and I think he's been set up to fail basically. And look, I've said this before: I'm not Arteta in, I'm not Arteta out. I am just whoever's the best man for Arsenal. I'm happy to see lead Arsenal, but right now, throw anybody in that job. Let's stand crunk this thing. They're going to be gone in eighteen months. I mean, Anthony, I. I basically agree with everything you said, and I've I've said all of that in previous weeks and months gone by because I've already backed him and I've I've backed him to the hill, and I think most people know that I did, and and everything that I said just then about Guendouzi about to it, it's not that I agree with those things. It's just things that have always been cropping up. Do you know what I mean? It, with regards to there always there's always something, you know, hmm. when he when Pepe got sent off and literally touching someone's head with his forehead. You know, he, he ripped into pieces. And then the week after, did he learn the lesson? And that and that's the reason why he didn't lambast Xhaka for grabbing someone around the neck. Or is it because he, he he's obviously got the preference? We don't know, but we we're only going to speculate week after week. But it's one thing after another at the moment. And yeah. I just think, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure people have mentioned this in the uh, in the chat. Hello to everyone there, by the way. Oh, sorry for being late. Um that you've, got, you've only got to look at Aston Villa, who shouldn't be in this division this, this year. They should be relegated because of that phantom goal. Um, if it wasn't for that, mm. it, they would be in championship. However, the, the way that he's managed that team and turned it around is nothing short of phenomenal, really. I mean, I know they haven't been doing brilliantly mm. lately because of Grealish being out, and he's a massive part of that, that team. But and then you've got David Moyes, obviously. I'm sure people have mentioned him, you know. Uh, how he's turned that club around. They were very close to relegation last year, looking like it for until right at uh, the end. And with with worse squads, they're getting a more of a tune out of them. And I, I, I'm again, I'm not, I'm totally on the fence, and I'm really torn. But we should be doing a lot better. We can't keep moaning mm. about the refs and everything, which I will all, always have a problem with. Because I mean, how can that not be a penalty at the weekend, which cost us two points at the end of the day? But we we mm. should have scored more goals, clearly. But sometimes uh, we're playing fantastic football and we're all really happy and we're all on the, on the crest of a wave. And then other times we're just, there's nothing there. We're lifeless and we're dull as dishwater and he reverts back to the same old, same old players. And mm. I, I, 
at this stage in this Premier League season, I can't be alone in thinking that it's almost there's nothing much left to lose. We can't get much worse results at the moment than we have been mm. getting. And why not start planning for next season? I know that you can't just throw the towel in and give up. But would would Miguel Aziz, who I love, by the way, would he be a worse option on the bench than El Nini, for example? Mm. And, and give him 10 minutes here and there towards the end of the season just to try and see whether he's worth you know, bringing into the first team squad and replacing El Nini, for example, and saving us some money. Because I think that kid's going to the top. I think he's one of the the cream of the crop that we've had coming through. I think he could be, it's totally different players, like a, obviously a central defensive midfielder more than anything with a, a lot of technical ability. Mm. Maybe he could be the absolute ideal partner for Thomas Partey going forward, but we won't know until he get, gets minutes in the Premier League. So why not put him on the bench now until the end of the season? Why not give Balogun that little bit of a carrot on the end of the stick and, and put him into the, the squad because Nketi has disappeared off the face of the earth as well he's some big kidnapped yeah. and dumped in the woods so why did well, the, well, he was always on the bench so why not put Balogun on the bench now and give him mm. 10 minutes here and there and just yeah. give him that carrot just to see whether mm. he's going to be a good enough and cut mm. it in the Premier League because I don't think we've got too much to lose now and I don't think by putting those two on the bench it's going to weaken it in any way Must taking out and now. taking Nketi out or someone like that mm. you know I, mm. They're easily comparable. I think we mm. all could agree that. So yeah, why not do that, is... that and look forward to next season? But I think that, that I think that's because Arteta is you know eighteen months on the job, and exactly he's, he's, he's only taking. But he's only he's taking. He's only why taking, is he not under pressure? He's why not is he taking, not feeling that pressure? He's not taking yeah, yeah. every risk he can. Right? He's not. Ta- he's not using every resource he has. Right? We knew coming in that we had a lot of youngsters that were going to be that that may work out for us this season. We knew, El, you know, Melsworth once he's healthy, uh, Gabriel once he's once he's healthy, you know, comes in. You know, Martinelli once, you know, we knew that. All, I mean, every fan was looking forward to January when he comes back, right? We knew that, mm. and uh, they haven't proved us wrong. You know, I don't know if Arteta <laughs> thought that. You know, it didn't seem like to me, anyways, that he he saw that. And, Again, that, and you know that's that's what more can I a think, young player do? You know, the Balogun, sorry, in forty minutes mm-hmm. with two two goals and yeah. two assists. What more can that kid do yeah. to say I should be on the bench a bit more often? Yeah, I can offer. Sorry, so I'm really that. sorry for there, Gary, to put button in there. I do apologise, but I feel passionately yeah. about that because yeah. you, you you have to work your arse off to get into that situation to be in the Euro mm. League squad, and then what do you get re- as a reward? Nothing. Can I just say something? Yeah, sorry, go I on, yeah. I think it's, um, you know, I've been in a similar situation where I'm crying out for these youngsters to be pushed through into the first team. I don't think we quite realise how difficult it is to play first team football for such a big club like Arsenal. Mm. Um, as soon as anything goes wrong, I mean, you have to back on these guys to get absolutely right. It, it needs to be perfect. You need to smash it like Saka did and Emil Smith-Rowe did. And look, granted, these guys were generational talents who were always going to make it. We've been hearing Saka's name since the age of 14. We've been hearing Emil Smith-Rowe's name since he was at Huddersfield, even before that. But with hmm. these boys coming up the ranks, people like Balogun and Aziz, um, they need to get it right. Because if they don't get it right, that's their, that's going to be a stunt in their development, which is going to, which could potentially ruin their career. And just but, another point, just another it, quick yeah. point. Yeah, go on. Yeah, I just agree. another quick I, I, point on that. I agree, mate. I agree totally. Yeah, and 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 look, uh, 
it's it's really and as I said this before in so many other different shows, it's so easy to blame Arteta, but the reality is Arteta isn't equipped to manage, in my opinion. And and, and the penny mm. dropped for me against Burnley, and this is why I'm, I've come to the realization of saying it now. I don't think Arteta is ready to manage at the top level. I don't think Arteta was ever ready mm. to manage at a Premier League club. But mm. the club went for him. The club decided we're going to go for this new approach, and this this goes back to the whole point of where the issue lies. The issue lies right at the very top of his organization. The structure and the organisational style of this club has never been set right ever since KSE had a stake into it, ever since David Dean left. This club has never been in the right, going in the right direction with with the right people in the boardroom because ultimately they make the decisions, they make the tough decisions and the choices on what approach to take. They decided to go for Arteta, they decided to go for a young manager who could potentially follow in the ranks of Art of Arsene Wenger. Times have changed, football has changed. Now that's not to say that Arteta isn't a brilliant coach with brilliant ideas. And I think anyone who looks at his story alone can vouch for that he's been coached under the mentorship of Pep Guardiola who is a footballing genius I'm sure I mean some of the implement some of the ideas that he's implemented just the ideas alone some of the ways that he wants to play at Arsenal are clearly positive ways we want to play out from the back we want to be aggressive on and off the ball we want to play high tempo with high energy but he doesn't have the right tools and he doesn't have the right players now whose fault is that if we look back throughout the times, mm. throughout the ages, ever since the Wenger days, we have the poor mental mentality there. We have players like Granit Xhaka, um, Socrates, Mustafi of late, who have just left, that have been in this squad, that have been constantly pushed into the first team. And because of that, um, we haven't been able to make better improved signings and also are we forgetting that the players that we had once upon a time who could have potentially won us a league have been forced out of the door because of the stadium move because of our finances mm. players like Bakary Sanya players like Gail Clichy players like Alexandra Song oh, really Alex Kleb Abu Diaby mm. Robin Van Persie Adebayor De Colo Toure the list the list goes on and on and on and look I just mentioned those guys imagine they had stayed Imagine Arsenal had got their shit together, moved to the Emirates and got a real good financial plan together, which meant that we didn't need to sacrifice these players and ultimately didn't need to sacrifice our cabinet, our trophy cabinet. Mm. We did. They moved on. And look at where Man City are right now. Half of yeah. those players that left Arsenal went, uh, went, went to Manchester and mm. they, create, they created the legacy, which is now unfolding. It's only a matter of time before they win the Champions League. And that's because of Arsenal. That's because of the investments yeah. they made from us. Yeah, I think well, yeah, I mean, we're, we're never going to be able to compete with a country, though, are we? And, yeah. and all that oil money, we're never, we're never right. It's a yeah. real life game with championship manager I, going on there. Yeah, and I think, in initially, when we did move, we had planned to move to the Emirates. We had everything financial at that time in place to be okay to move, and it would affect us competitively. But then, obviously, Chelsea just, just a couple of years before, and they come, Abramovich comes along. He does what he does, and then they panic. And that's when they go after. That's when they send David Dean out to go and search the world. And he didn't obviously he had done his research on Stan Kroenke. They didn't like Usman off for whatever reason because they they believe he's a bit like uh, Roman and where the money's coming Jesus. from and this that and the other. And I'm sorry, my phone. Thank you, pardon. It's me, 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 me. I've just joined the chat and my bloody phone went off. <laughs> Why is it not my sound not going off? This will be this will be fun on Spotify. I'm gonna have to stand on my phone in a second. <laughs> yeah. 
Sorry oh, about dear, that, Sorry, I'm really yeah. wrecking the show tonight. I do apologize. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? There's a lot of that going oh, on in Arsenal, so you know what? It's probably par for the course. I've actually got right? yeah, it. Seems like a lot of. Seems like a lot of. A lot of. No, I mean, yeah. I, I like I said, I like we oh, all said. That. I mean, it's this is this this mo- this monster where has been mm. been created, and until it, we haven't even fit. I don't even feel like we've hit the bottom yet because I'm 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 wary that next season. The team's the squad won't look much different than it does today. Maybe two mm-hmm. or three players, which is less weight. That's like, you know, worst case scenario, I think there should be a six player difference if we're going to make any kind of a change. But I only think three, which might get us a starting 11 that can compete, mm-hmm. but then you deal with the, the depth. Mm-hmm. So all of this, you know, it is possible. I And this is where it always comes back to, to me, anyways, to. If they know they are not going to be able to support Arteta, which means they don't have, he doesn't have people above him that are going to help him. He doesn't have, as far as I'm concerned, play people on the bench that are going to help him more than they are. And he doesn't have the players. So if you're not going to mm. get, he needs to get at least two of those things right, right? He needs to have somebody above him that mm. can direct the team structure a little bit better, maybe even be a, a you know, a voice in his ear getting him to do things a little bit better mm. than he's been doing them. And then, you know, if it's not players, then at least take the players and make them better with better coaching, right? They need better coaching because, I mean, they need something. They, we need improvement somewhere. And it's either going to be in the coachment, coaching, the management, or actually the players, right? And I think we need at mm. least two out of three to make it work, right? Mm. I don't. I can't see us. I can't see us going into next season with nobody helping him out mm. man, in a management perspective, mm. and then getting a couple of players and not really changing anything on the coaching side. I don't see how we would yeah. go from tenth and then be able to be a solid, a solid top five team, right? Which is what I think we want to mm. do. We want to be in that four to seven range next season. With, and be solidly set there as opposed to luckily being there. You know, we want to yeah. be able to look back and go, you know what, we're going deep in all the cup cup games that we're playing, right? If we are able to make mm. it to a European League game, then yes, that will take that. But mm. there's just, <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot that needs to be done. But I, I, I always think this, it's, it's easy to fix some of them because some of them don't require us going out to find the players. You can go out there and find a director of football to help manage this thing from well, above, right? Because you need that. You can fix yeah, well, the manage the coaching. You can go out and find the best assistant coaches out there. You know, you got you've got Henri, you've got Burkamp, you've got all Adams, you got all these players that have played that could actually support the team in different ways to make it hmm. better. So at least if you can't change all the players, because you know nobody can do that, at least you're improving it significantly. Because they've got better uh, resources around them. Yeah. Uh, what about, what, sorry. What, what other manager in, in in any of the top leagues would go and hire two or two, is it two or three twenty-five-year-old coaches? And one of them, I believe, got got found on on Twitter because of his scouting or something like that. If I'm right, something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's, I totally agree. We've got like players like. Burkamp, who's openly said, I would, I would love to come back and coach. Mm. Uh, kids. But, but anyway, just by the by, one thing I just wanted to, to mention was about the, the youngsters again that I mentioned earlier, um, Aziz and De Balogun. And I totally agree. Uh, sorry, I com- completely forgot your name who mentioned it. I do apologise. It's all hand um, Thank you. Well, thank you. I do apologise. Right. Yeah, no it's a great point you made because I totally agree. But 
it's up to them to sink or swim. Mm. And if they have the creep of the crop, they will show again that they did in that brief, brief little spell in the Europa League that they are the real deal, and they will go, they will go over and above and beyond to prove themselves in the few minutes they could, they could get between now and the end of the season. If they don't, then that could, that gives us a great you know, platform to actually decide on what to do with them because both of their contracts are up in the summer. So, do we really could take the punt? which I think we should anyway to protect uh, all that years of investment we put into them so we can sell them or do we just let them go you know uh, and go for free mm. like we've done in the past you know make that same mistake again but will they sign even if they don't get that little little chance mm. I don't know well exactly well, this, this is where obviously when Gary mentions director of football we we know Overmars is mentioned by Ryan in the chat He's a he's he, in the summer. He said in the summer he he's he's making himself a V agent. He's coming away from Ajax. He wants a new new project. And yeah, he's done hello. things. Like that. Yeah, Arsenal hello. is the biggest project out you, there you, with uh, the biggest amount play, of money and and uh, prestige and to, history and yeah, anything to, behind it. Yeah, he used to play at Ajax. He's done what he's done there. He's done a fantastic job. As we we all know, we've all seen it. This why not come to another club you used to play for and help us and save us because. What's what, what's the worst that? He's got experience in the European game mm. as well, so he'll know how when it comes to recruitment, who to look out for, and who to who to work with, who will work with Arteta's uh, plan going forward, or who the manager may be, or whatever. And he's ruthless, and the he helps you, and he's and he's you. And he's, the he's, problem he's, is, who, who's doing the hiring at Arsenal, you know, because like, look at the appointments that they've mm. made up to this point. So, yeah, exactly. you know, Overmars could be the perfect man for the job, mm. but the chances mm. are we're probably going to get whoever's the cheaper option and the easier acquired. Like, well, I think that's this, just, this, is, this is what we've got after Josh Cronky telling us to all get excited. And, and this is what we've got right no, no. now. So no, I'm, uh, I, I'm a bit concerned as to who's yeah, doing the also, hiring. <laughs> Yeah, also what makes it even funny is that the guy that took over from uh, Raul in Vinay has now got another job in another company. So his priorities are really going to be at ours, aren't they? We've got two, another, another finger and another pies now, isn't it? So if I was to come up, again, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to be harsh, but you can't you can't do two, have two different jobs and do and perform at a certain level that we need you to perform at. So you, if you want to be there, that's fine. But here's your P45. We're going to get David O'Leary in. He goes and then he then is in charge because he's a football man. He's an Arsenal man. He's a footballing man. The fans will get on board of that. And also, again, ruthless. He'll go out and get the right men for the job. He'll, he'll get a full out wipeout of what's the vot of this club. And you may be, you may be able to persuade a Burke and an Overmars and hire them and get the likes of Stan to actually pay up and go, you know what, this long term, this will be worth it. I mean, but why are we not in for Luis Campos? I don't know. You guys heard mm. of the, the guy that yeah, I've heard recently of him, yeah. left Lille. He is, I mean, I couldn't pick a more perfect guy to come in and sort everything out. I mean, he, mm. the work he's done, there's um, the Transfer Window podcast, uh, which is a really, really good one. recommend if you haven't, haven't seen, uh, heard of it. He had a, a full uh, interview, a full episode being interviewed on there. And that guy is just absolutely perfect for Arsenal. I think he would absolutely jump at the chance of, of being able to help turn the club around as well. And why we, we're not in for people like that, the top 
echelon of, of people that come into football directorship. I don't know. I really don't. I think, I think a big the, part of the problem is, though, like any of these guys that are capable, like, look at the likes of Sven Mislintat, um, and, mm. and the, in terms of the manager, you know, people are going, oh, you know, should have gave Allegri the job or Ancelotti or whatever. I think anybody with half a brain is going to come in and sit down with this board and, and these guys and go, hang on, these lads haven't got a clue. Like, why, why is that guy going to put his reputation on the line for an impossible mm. task? You know, if he, if he knows realistically the setup and that, like, this is how we ended up with Arteta, you know, because Arteta was an easy appointment that wasn't going to say no. Like, you're, you're not going to mm. get a world-class manager to take this job unless he's actually given, you know, the tools to, to do the job to the best of his ability. Like, why, why would a guy come in and kind of go, okay, you're paying me this this amount and you expect me to get you back into Champions League and how much are you giving me to spend? Oh, well, I've got to, I've got to sell players and I've, I've got to try raise some funds. Like, can't be done you know if you've got city and the likes splashing the cash left right and center and and here's our guys you know working off with this this tiny little budget we, all we're gonna be able to put in these positions are guys with no experience who are just happy for an opportunity at a big club <laughs> that's the part that this is, is scary is... right there's no there's no like that doesn't it makes no sense right if if you i mean Stan when like I said, I, I made a comparison. You go out and find the best one of the best uh NFL teams out there and you buy it as an owner and you just basically uh drain it of all of its resources being money and players. You wouldn't do that because you know, I don't think he would do that in the US. If the Rams were like, you know, coming off like having won four Super Bowls in the last twenty years or something like that, and then taking them and then selling off all the new players after you move to a new stadium, that's basically, you're just sabotaging your your uh, your, your, your team. And that's kind of what we're seeing here, right? We moved to a new stadium and it was selling off all of our resource, all of our best players. And now, eventually, now they've just basically went in and gutted the entire structure. I mean, it, it you know, it's, like, that's why a lot of people feel like until, until you know, the, the Cronkies are out, we're going to be kind of like, Waddling and despite waiting in this, in this, in this, in this, you know, sea of despair, basically, because nothing, nothing's going to ever get right because they mm. don't care. They don't. Do you know what? They... Sorry. Do you know what, Gary? This might surprise uh, a lot of people, actually, but I've got no issues with um, a silent owner like Cronky being the owner of Arsenal Football Club. There's, there, there's nothing wrong with that. It works in business. There's plenty of silent millionaire, billionaire owners that that make organisations successful. The problem is that when you don't have a right structure in place, there is nothing for that to be successful when you don't have anyone running a business. Stan Kroenke mm. has bought Arsenal, clearly we can see, as an investment to make him money. The best thing to do when you're not going to be around is to put the right people in charge. He's given it to his son who has no business experience and Anthony made the most perfect point with Sven Mislintat. We saw that if you don't have the right people in place, it doesn't work. And Sven Mislintat is the most perfect example. He was one of the most, he was one of the brightest appointments to be made at Arsenal. Um, someone who has the, the the eye of the needle, who can see what players are going to be successful when and where. He he's gone to Stuttgart now, and they're doing a fantastic job at that. He came in, he saw exactly what Arsenal are about, and he went the other way because this isn't this isn't for him. It's not going to be worth his time. And so that, for me, that shows me everything I need to know about this board. It shows me that they are incompetent, that they, they, they're they not here for, they don't have the best interest of the club at heart. 
Uh, maybe they are treating it as a business. And if so, we know that they're making money from it because you only need to have a look at the financial records that came out the other day from last season where they spent in the last four years 500 odd mil, but they're losing money because the investments aren't being made in the right place. Why are they being made in the right place? You can't say that the, we're not being given money. We spent 100 odd mil last season, um, or 183, or however much it was. And if you've got that type of money, and if any club have that has that type of money, they have all the potential to 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 make it right. But for some reason, the wrong decisions have been made by Arsenal to appoint Raul Senyehi, who, by the way, Barcelona let go. Alarm bell should have been ringing the moment we heard that, but no, we took him in with his dodgy black book, and all of a sudden we're hearing allegations of him and his um, dodgy negotiations with um, agent A, B and C. Um, and that's just one of many stories to be coming out. And that's it, really. We can't really do anything. There's no point talking about managers sacking and appointments. There's no point talking about who we're going to buy and who we're not going to buy. If we've got board members that don't really care about what happens, where, honestly, how low do we need to go before change actually happens? Yeah, great. Yeah. He was the disease as soon as he came into the club. Um, Raul was. Yeah. I've just put in the um, chat a link to the that interview with Luis Campos. And just to reply to what you said, Anthony, is, which is all really good points. That's what he actually really wants in, and really enjoys in a role. He's, uh, he's made over £1 billion in the transfer market in profit in players that he's brought in and turned around. Um, and bearing in mind, you know, he hasn't the the world's longest career. He's not like an ancient guy, so he's a uh, he really knows what he's doing. He he would jump at the chance. Just give it give it a listen, and you might see what I mean. I just think he'd be a great fit personally. Yeah, I mean, like he's, I mean, this is basically the uh, the if, referees. If can the, afford to pay for him, though. Arsenal yeah. can afford to pay for him, right? Yeah, but it's the uh, mm. it's the uh, it's like the officials' association. They know they've got terrible officials. But they're not fixing it. They brought mm. VAR in to help them, and mm. all that's done is made them even lazier. So mm. we're mm. sitting. We're are, you look oh, from Cronky down, which that's essentially <laughs> what you have. You have basically that. You have all the people that all the checks and balances are supposed to catch all the the, the bad stuff. I guess that one guy did catch all the bad stuff, right? Well, he caught one thing, and then they went in and cleaned out everything. I forgot his the the, the attorney that came in. Um, fix one thing because that was that was money getting there. I guess that was money they were spending, and you know, that's when they finally woke up, right? Wait a second, somebody's stealing our money, <laughs> mm. right? But everybody's stealing your money, they don't care. But they, they found the biggest rat, but there's everybody's stealing their money right now because they're not getting they're not earning their keep, right? You're all mm. getting paid salaries and not doing what you're supposed to do. Fanai, uh, Adu, Arteta, who, whatever you pick, any of them, they're not doing exactly what. They, the team needs to do to get us to where they want to be. So everybody's stealing money from them, but they they went and got one one of the culprits. But they you know it's it's a, a system of uh, it's a big system that's broken, right? Mm. And it, like you said, until if it's at the board level, then what do you do? You kind of we just sit here and watch the team kind of just you know do do it do it away, right? I mean that's not that's not what we want to see, but it, you know that's. <laughs> Or you find the most ambitious manager you can find who can deal with anything, right? You know, mm -hmm. you give me, you know, you give me a a, a little pot, a pot with some pasta and salt and you know tomato. I'll make something good out of it, no matter what. That's that's what they need right now. Some a magic man, right? Mm -hmm. To come in there and turn whatever mm -hmm. you give them into something good. 
because that's what mm -hmm. you need. You need somebody who's in, you know, who's, who's a ingenious in a sense that they can mm -hmm. take anything and make it work. Right? Arteta is not going to be able to do that in 18 months on the job, and that's why some, you know, some people will say you need somebody with more experience who can take whatever, take the players you currently have and make it work somehow. Either that, you know, exactly. and that's what. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why someone like mm. Dean I mean, Dean Smith has done very he's brought some very good players in, don't get me wrong. But there he's improving players. I, I can't honestly think can anyone honestly think that any of our players have really been coached to be better under Arteta so far. I don't I'm not saying that he hasn't, by the way. I, I'm just it's just something I just suddenly thought of. Really has it have we really improved mm. players in under well, I, I say our defense, years, actually. Is, defense is better. So no matter yeah, what you say there. Are the players there, better? Are the players well, better, he's able to take, But he's able to take a mess and make it better. So I would say yeah. that is the one improvement he's made. Right? I'm talking about coaching, though. Oh, yeah. Specific coaching. Because he, I mean, we couldn't have been any worse under Unai Emery, defensive-wise. I mean, it was well. just a, it was, <laughs> yeah. it was but, but he fixed it. So it's got to be a positive. So that's yeah, one of the positives I mean. there, right? But so we take that I'm just wondering whether he could improve individuals but or is it just the case if he hasn't collective. had the time because he hasn't had a pre-season which is a big thing he doesn't get long because of the, the saturated season we've got there's only been a couple of times where he's actually had more than a, a two a couple of days to actually coach the players uh, at London Colney because it's straight from one match into another you've got a warm down in between and then you've got to prepare for the next match you're not actually coaching specific mm. Um, you know, specifics of the on the pitch. So, yeah. is mean, it because Ryan, of that, or uh, is it because uh, he, he he's not, not great at it? I don't know. Mm. Well, sorry, Vine in the chat saying maybe maybe Saka because he's since moved to the right wing. He's looked better there because obviously when he first came out, I tried him and didn't look comfortable. Didn't look mm. like that. Then before he's looked on that side, but but not many players have improved player, as an individual. Saka is a football player to me. You put yeah. him on the field and you tell him, do that, he'll go do I it. I think so as well. I right? think he's so just I a think natural. He's just, there's, there's, yeah. there's few players that you can say, you know what, mm. just get out on the field. Because you, you know it happens. It happens. I, I haven't played soccer for all my life like you guys, but I know there's been a player that, you know what, this is our best striker, but guess what, we need somebody to play center back for us. So you go and you throw that guy back there. who used to be a striker to center back, and he's doing the job, right? That's yeah. second to me. He's a football yeah. player. He just, he just, he just oozes football when he's out there. Regardless, you give him. He, will he do it perfect? No, but it doesn't really matter. He's going to give you the effort, and yeah. that's what you get mm -hmm. from him. So, I did he improve him? I, you know, I to some degree he has, but I think that's mm -hmm. a talent that you just don't. I mean, you don't. Yeah, uh, you don't see you don't. For example, I know many say Foden is better than him, but you don't see Foden moving anywhere around, all, all around on the field and still performing. No. Can he do it? I don't know because that team's st stacked. But we've got one that can. So mm. and then we're taking advantage mm. of it, which is uh, what we should do because mm. we have no choices. But I feel like he just play. You play him. He'll be he'll be fine when he's out there. I mean, that's that's a crazy part. Think about it. You could put him anywhere, which means if you mm. have somebody who's just behind him. You just put Saka on the field, right? I, I, you know, why not put him in midfield? We need, we need, we need somebody better in midfield, right? Mm, Will he do a job, bad yeah. job there? I don't think so. I think he'll be, he'll, he'll be just as good if LNA, if not better. You know, is he gonna, you know, does he need to work on certain things there? Yes, but if you think about it as a whole, why not play him there next to Partey? Imagine exactly, that partnership yeah. from but, an offensive yeah. side, right? So, 
Yeah. But you've got players like right, Granit Xhaka, there's no consequences to him for anything mm. that he does, I, it seems, with any of his managers. I'm not just This is not just Arteta, right? But he doesn't... You can openly see, and I think it's quite obvious, he doesn't care about the club at all. The, the badge, the shirt he's wearing. When he made that mistake at the weekend, most, uh, any other player would you know, just put their hands up and just apologise to the players around him on the pitch, the teammates, and just acknowledge it. He doesn't seem... He just put, he just put his head down. It's all about him. And mm. he, he doesn't really have that feeling. But he's constantly being picked. And that just, I just don't get get it because if he, if Arteta's so really strong and wants the right attitude in the club and he's drumming out players, you know, like with Gunduzi, like we said before, Torreira and all the others, we all know the, who they are. And I think that our attitude has improved a bit since they have gone in the January window, if I'm honest, because we don't give up so easily. We've, we've been behind in games, as, unfortunately, as we all know, all far too often. But we have come back on one games from that position, mm. which we weren't doing at all previously. And it can't be a, it can't be too much of a coincidence that that's been since the a few players have, have been taken away from London Colony and the changing room. It must have made some difference. But whilst we've still got players like Granit Xhaka in the squad, even let alone actually playing week in week out on the pitch, then we're not going to hundred percent change. We need to get these. We need to move on from players like that who, yeah. let's face it, we're not even qualified for the Champions League since he joined the club. I mean, I'm not, I'm not blaming it all on him at all. But no, we need to move away from that culture. And we're not. If, if fully. We either do it fully or not at all. Just just mm. get it all done. We're not going to get rid of everyone over, overnight. But don't play them every week. You know, just mm. play the players. Sometimes you need to play a player who's not quite as good as another player, but they've got the right attitude and they will battle to the death, you know, on the pitch. Rather than players that, who know full well... There's going to be no consequences to them if they go out there and give a three out of ten. I, I think the problem is though, like uh, as much as we don't like to see Xhaka play, he he's still outside of party probably our our best option. Like, w- would you really want Elneny uh, or Saboyas? Like, all the fans weren't saying too long ago that you know twenty two million would be an absolute waste for Saboyas on a permanent deal. And like, they don't, I, I play, don't play a double pivot then. You know, you could do a four-three-three or something. You just you have to work around it. You have to work with the players, the best players that you've got in that squad, and make it work. So don't play a four-two-three-one in that case. But that's the problem. Xhaka is one of our best in there. Like I, I seen, um, I, I showed this to Gary and that. Like Xhaka for progressive passes into the final third was number eight in all the European leagues. In the top five leagues, he's he's got more than Messi in that. So, you know. He does have. I, I'm not saying I'm happy to see Xhaka, and my feeling is, look, Xhaka should be no more than a squad player. And our biggest problem is we've never attempted to upgrade on Xhaka, so that's why we are where we are. But in terms of current options, I don't really see anything better than Xhaka, other than parity, of course. Like he's always fit and available. So, you know, what do you do? Is Danny Ceballos has his his fitness issues? El Nenny is a solid six every game. You don't really get a great performance. You never get a terrible performance. All you're really getting is sideways passes. Danny Saboyas is so inconsistent. So, yeah, we, we need to upgrade. We definitely do. But at the moment, he's one of our better options in there. You know, there's, there's not a lot else. And this, this is our problem. It, co- it constantly costs us points, though. Constantly. I'd rather have someone that gave us 
seven, uh, sorry, 10, seven out of tens, but never, never made mistakes like that. Then someone who gave us, you know, a few eights in there maybe, and a, and a couple of threes, because we know that he's going to do something like that every four or five games. He always mm. does, and he's done it throughout his career. And we, we're constantly surprised when he when he does it. What I mean, we should be expecting it. And when I think most of us are now, but yeah. you can't have that you, because it's it's points dropped regularly. When like that's what I mentioned about before. Sometimes it's better to have someone that's not quite as good on the pitch, but it's not stupid, not brain dead, and does stupid things like that regularly and consistently, costing us points, which could be very very costly at the end of the season. Which it was under Una Emery, don't forget. We missed out on Champions League by one point. Mm. And, and of course, it's not all Arte, um sorry, Xhaka's fault. Of course, it's not. But he does consistently, every single season he's been with us, cost us points more than any other player. And that's the statistic as well. I'd rather look at statistics like that than through yeah, passes into the final third. That, because that actually means something. Because most of his passes don't come to anything. Look at how many assists he's got. So it's useless. But when you look at the other side of the, the, his statistics and the amount of points he's cost us, that really does mean something. But, but if you go by statistics as well, and if his passes into the final third are useless, is it not on the players in the final third to finish them? And then he'd yeah, have a hell of yeah. a lot more assists. Yeah. You know, so yeah. maybe... Certainly not have, putting all the blame on him at all. Yeah, no, it's just a, if you had better yeah. options up there, maybe he would look a hell of a lot more of a, a, an important player. Like, obviously, again... I'm not. I'm not defending Jacket. He's not defending no, Gary. No, no, regardless no. of what Gary he, thinks, I, I'm just not, playing devil, not. devil's advocate in, in a way. Because yeah, but yeah, again, yeah, course, going back yeah. to what I said earlier, when about players building up a bit of <laughs> head of steam and form and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. that Sabias is another one that I mentioned about. Like Pepe, he he suddenly finds a bit of form and he gets played in a position whereby he can use not just sit back like he used to all the time in the, in the, again a double pivot and be shackled a bit. When he's at his best when he's got a little bit more freedom, but it, when he starts showing a bit more consistency as well, which we, he's very inconsistent, we all know that. And I'm not saying again that he's the answer, but he is another player that he never gets five, six games on the trot to build up that, you know, what we all need, you know, that, that consistency, the form, and feeling a bit wanted. You know, that's important to a player. That you, you feel like you're part of a team. But as soon as he plays mm. well, again, he's dropped the next match. And I don't, you know, he's one of those players that always it always happens to. Mm. So maybe he could be better than Xhaka, maybe overall as a player, but he could offer more to the team. But we would, again, we'll never find that out if he doesn't get a consistent run of games. And I, I, mm. when you're in a season like this, and I'm sorry, I, I'm not... I'm trying to make up for the first 30 minutes I missed. But <laughs> when you're in a season like this, it, um, I don't agree that you should just be chopping and changing all the time. I, think, I honestly think you, could, you should make like, maybe one or two subs um, rotations. But when you've got a maximum of, so, I don't know, someone maybe in the chat can tell us, how many is the maximum number of games we could possibly have left if we reach the final of the Europa League? It can't be that many now. What Less than 20, isn't it? Oh, we've got I thought it was. I thought it was seven. League. I thought it was seven games if we were yeah. able to make it all the way to the final on oh, top of what so we yeah. have. So we've got now what five more? I think right plus the uh, the ten. Mm. So we got fifteen yeah, games. Seven, so, is it still, is think... it still seven? Okay. Yeah. I genuinely think. I mean, it's fifteen games. Well, sorry, I 
was that 15 then? Around that 15 mark. Whatever. Around that. I, I think you should go full strength. We can't, we're only in two competitions now. Maximum of 15 games. If we get injuries, fair enough. And if the players are absolutely dead on their feet, fair enough. Rotate them out for a game. But play your strongest team and have that consistency. I don't, honestly, especially at the back four. I, I know I may be mm. sounding old fashioned and everything, but what, if you've got your best back four, don't mess with it. If you're mm. going to rotate, rotate mm. in midfield or up front, fine. But not at the back four. I think that's they don't do as a statistic. They don't do as much running mm. as the, the rest of the pitch. I know the the fullbacks probably an exception in this day and age because they are asked to do an awful lot. But mm. unless they're dead on their feet or injured, don't rotate them when you've got 15 games left. And it's so important to the club, the future of the club, mm. financially. You've got to go for it in every single match. Maybe, like I said, one or two players, fine. But don't go doing wholesale changes all the time at this stage. And mm. he's playing with his own job. You know, it's it just that it's. I don't understand that mentality of a manager sometimes. When you are under so much pressure, a massive club like Arsenal, and you're really desperately trying to prove yourself in your first job, which you're really lucky to have got. And you know that deep down. You know you're lucky to get this role. You've got to go all out and you can't take risks in this situation that we're in. We're only in two competitions and we've got to get European football. And I'll tell you now, I was only half joking. I would rather get relegated than go to that Europa conference. I'm telling you, that the shame that we would face from all of our rivals if we're in the Europa conference. I'm, you know, I am joking. I won't get relegated. But that would be horrific if we actually go into that rather than the Europa League. That is properly stepping stones down levels. Mm. I'd rather, you know, not qualify for Europe in lots of ways. But financially, it'll cripple us. But it'll cripple us if we don't get into mm. Europe. Mm. So we've got... he. Why he doesn't to, to go for well, I don't yeah, understand. Again, devil's advocate again. European competitions, no matter what they are, are beneficial because that is how we discover our Bukayo Sakas and our Smith Rowe. So mm. as, as as embarrassing as it can be to be in a competition like that, this is where you might you may get your Balogans and your Miguel Aziz is getting their football. So th- there is that benefit to them also. Look, European football is European football. I'd rather be in it than not in it, you know, as, as much as uh, it can be a hindrance, uh, you know, Europa League on Thursday night, but they do serve their purpose. Oh, like I said, I was, mm. I was very much tongue in cheek there, but he yeah. will be humiliated. <laughs> Imagine he, no. he will be humiliated if we take another step down Europa League work, but we're desperate for football. Desperate yeah, well, for it's, 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 it's not that big of a step down if there's no European yeah. football for European <laughs> football know, for it, us. Yeah, I mean, so it's kind of you know, it's I'm, I'm struggling to come to terms with the thought of, of qualifying for that. Well, I really, yeah, <laughs> like I said, I don't know if we've, if we've seen the bottom yet. That's the thing. We don't, we don't know if we... from the Faroe Islands. You don't even bear thinking um, about, to be honest. I, I'm happy. Arsenal might get to come back over to Ireland again. I might actually get to see the game this time. So I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, you're making some great points. I'm really, yeah, it's a really good uh, debate you're having, I think, tonight. It's really interesting. Yeah, sort of what's making us that when I'm even more yeah, we have in between this this massive European tie, the North London Derby. And it's at home and they're hit form. And the Welshman, the golf boy, has hit form as well all of a sudden. Mm. So everything's going against us seems. So it's just 
I know form goes out the window for the North London derby, but it just seems everything's accumulated. See, to you you, you say the form goes out the window, but it's usually that's not doesn't pertain to us right now. Yeah, it's usually but our it, form. It pertains, <laughs> it pertains to everybody else, where it doesn't matter how they're playing; they come into that and they yeah. play well. But for us, this we this is our form right now. That you know what we mm. could go into this match and it'll be two zero again, and it looked no different than the last one, right? We make mistakes, they get goals, and then they just sit back, and then we just we're not able to break them down. So it's, yeah, that's, that's the part. But I mean, in reality, it doesn't mean anything. I'd rather, I'd rather us come out when four zero. I know, I know, you know, going into Northland Derby, we want to win it, but that means nothing in the grand scheme of things right now. Mm. It can't, Long it can't no. because we've, uh, we've met, we've lost too many other games beforehand that mm. would make it, yeah. make it such that we would want to win this one. But, I mean, we can sit back if we wanted to. We can go into three at the back, five at the back, whatever, and get something out of the game. Mm. I mean, he has that in his mm. back pocket. He just hasn't used it, right? Yeah. Especially when he knows he's going to rest players. If you're mm. going to rest players, then you go to something you you that got you an FA Cup. <laughs> you know, mm. he used it well there, right? Mm. And he's got players that can play play there. And then if he does, you know, and he can get something out of it because he does have the, the counterattack with players that can make it work if he needed to. So there are answers. He just doesn't, you know, he hasn't used them when, you know, he used them to get the FA Cup. But now when we kind of need it sometimes, he won't use it. He'll stick to the four at the back. Mm. And we, that just weakens us down because now we've got to rest players. And, you know, as a whole, we're not good there. So, you know, it's there are there are ways to get it done. I just don't feel like he wants to take that risk and doesn't want to break whatever form we have when our form breaks down when we start pulling you pull Partey out and the midfield's gone it doesn't mm. matter what mm. what we do there right mm. so if you're going to pull Partey out to rest him solidify the rest of the team with whatever structure mm. you can at that mm. point is in it, you know kind of how I look at it mm. you know it'll be a boring game but I'll take a boring game 0-0 draw right now and on on the weekend because that's what we wanted to do, as opposed to, you know, you know, uh, Spurs couldn't hit their shots, and that's we just got lucky. I want us to actually, you know, sometimes I want us to dictate what actually happens in a game, as opposed mm. to have oh, get no, either no, look so, out yeah. or or have or have game. the other, you know. I want us. To, we don't dictate the games to some degree, even mm. the ones that we're supposed to. Like the Burnley game, we got to go in there and dictate it for ninety minutes. We did for about. Mm. 38 so <laughs> and then a minute later <laughs> yeah. it was over right and then after that they had control for like Literally. whatever 20 minutes right so at, we are a team that can dictate things if you know if that's what the team's been instructed to do i don't feel like they are so that's why when somebody mm. blames the players i'm like maybe they're doing exactly what he's telling them to do which is yeah. you know not to go out there and actually take the game to the other team i right? think i'm not i'm mm. a firm believer right that it almost doesn't matter what the exact formation that you put the players out and, and give it to the press win. You know, what you need is the, the really good, strong spine. You've got your best players and you work around your best players. It's like having the queen bees down the centre of the pitch, if you like, in the spine and everyone else helping them, doing all the jobs mm. that they need to do around them. And if you've only got a certain number of players who are good enough to do that, then you, that's what you've got to do as a coach. Work out a way to get all your best players onto the pitch and get the ball to them as much as possible. It's like, you know, when you've got Partey, it almost doesn't matter who you've got next to him, as long as you allow Partey to do what he can do best. 
and everyone else do the running around him almost. I think I'm a mm. firm believer in that, and I think sometimes you need players that are not the flashy ones. You haven't got to have a 11 flashy, really well-known players on the pitch. You've just got to have players that work together and mm. do a job and get the ball as often as possible to your best players to put the ball in the back of the net. And I don't think we do that enough. I think we pander to players and we've got to try and squeeze them into the team. And that is wrong for me. You've got to have your best players in the club on the pitch, if possible, at all times. And let the mm. players around them doing all the dirty work and getting the ball to them. It's a very simplified mm. version, but it, it, you go with it. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get that. We've got, we've got an hour and a half of that up soon. So we've got to literally just touch on Thursday's game now. Give, give, sort of give our predictions on what we think our set needs to do shutting up squad selection or tactic wise to win the game and make it comfortable for an away leg to bring home basically and sort of take the pressure off us in that second leg. Uh, we'll start with you, Antonio. Yeah, look, we have to we have to go out there um I think just treat it like a cup final. Like we have to we have to show up right attitude. We need to be switched on from the start. Uh, we're we're away in the first game, are we? But it's mm. it's kind of like a, a home. Tie. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like a home tie for us uh, with with the added bonus of of away goals. But yeah, look, the the North London derby. As much as it kills me to say, I, I think they they shouldn't even be looking at that at the moment. I, that that's going to be a game just playing for pride. So I think full focus has to be on Olympiacos. Um, yeah, he, he's he, he rested a couple of guys um, against Burnley, who I'm expecting to see come back in. I'd like to see maybe Pepe. Pepe looked pretty good when he came on. Uh, I'd like mm. to see him get a run out. Um, yeah, look, I'm I'm quietly confident, but sometimes that's that's a bit of a worrying thing because generally when I'm quietly confident, it backfires because I was quietly confident against Olympiacos last time. And I was <laughs> against Burnley as well. So, um, yeah, look, I think if we go out and we are switched on and uh, the attitude and mentality is right on the night, I think we should have enough about us. It's just, yeah, the problem is Arsenal keeping their heads is always the problem. But, yeah, look, if, if Arsenal don't pull an Arsenal, we should be okay. And I think we'll get out of it. Even, even a 1-0 win, I'd, I'd be happy to come out just to get the, uh, get the away goal. So I, I'm going to go 1-0 Arsenal. Because, again, Arteta, fine margins, doesn't really like to take too many chances. I don't think away from home he's, he's going to overcommit. So I'm going to go 1-0 Arsenal. Uh, Gary, as well. Look at your... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we, we need to take the first six minutes and the last six minutes of the last game, look at those over and over and over again, all right? And extend it for and, 90. <laughs> and say, you know what, do that for, yeah, like you said, do that for 90 minutes and we'll be fine if we can do that. The, you know, Olympiagos, Olympiacos will take advantage of every mistake we give them, just like Benfica did. Mm. And think about it, they scored... What goal, what goal did they score that where we weren't a culprit in it? You know, it seems like all three of them, I think we had something to do with all of them, yeah. as opposed to, you know, the defense breaking down and then they just making a shot. No, I think we kind of gave them a lot, you know, kind of opened the door for them in some cases. But we need to, we need to take, you know, 
We need to score at least two goals. I don't two away goals because I don't think one away goal is going to do it. We didn't it didn't the last time, right? So I'm thinking we need at least two a two two draw is fine with me. But you know we I'd like a two zero you know win would be nice for me to to feel to feel good about to make sure we see that we've got some progress and they learn hopefully they learn and that's we keep saying this after every game like are they going to learn from this and build on it and then we don't build on it so now if they're building you know if they build up again. And uh, get back to the winning ways, you know. Today, <laughs> Thursday starts another one, so let's see what they do. Mm. But I, I, we need to get at least two goals for me to feel confident that they've uh, they've grown from the last game. Um, and like you said, Pepe needs to be out there. Uh, I guess if uh, Mills for is out, then uh, Erdogan seems to be good for me and Saka. And S- Saka and Tyranny to me in the last game are still not. Not where we want them to be, right? So hopefully they get a little bit of rest and they come in and they look back a little closer to what we expect to see from them. I mean, I saw a comment earlier where it's like, should Saka have got the red, but should got a red card. But if you think about it, the officials were consistent because they didn't give a, a handball when a player <laughs> handballed twice. There you go. Twice in the same <laughs> same sequence of plays, he handballed it twice, mm-hmm. and nothing was given. So they're consistently bad. So there you go. So that's why he, he didn't get his red. He was yeah. he was reckless, and he reminded me of uh, Jacques and, mm-hmm. and Guendouzi when they get a little mm-hmm. bit kind of like you know out of control out there in the field. Uh, and because uh, some of them didn't make any sense mm-hmm. why he was fouling the guys, you know, he just he looked out of sorts for a little while. Mm-hmm. So hopefully they those two. Because we're going to need them to be on their game. I mean, I think that's part of why we didn't look so good in against Burnley is that those two players that we lean on just weren't there and they had been out the game before. I think so. Uh, we need them to uh, come in and get back to form. So, like I said, two zero is what I is what I want. I'll take a two two draw. Um, you know, worst case scenario, but we can't lose this one. And uh, you know, like I said, just hold on against uh, in a North London derby. You know, I'll take a zero-zero, really boring game. All right, we got we got eleven guys behind the uh, the ball, try and get through us, as opposed to taking risks and getting punished by it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and there's Marks in the chat knowing us. We will beat Olympiacos three 0 He says, and then lose to that lot four 0 yeah, it's, it's awesome. That's, that's, it's not. It's actually not that bad. In in a long, <laughs> like if we go when we go to Olympiacos well, the next game, nobody will be thinking about the North London Derby hmm. anymore because they're like, you know what? We score one goal, this thing should be over, right? So yeah, but, yeah even talk just before going to Andrew and all that. Um, talking of refs, literally that ref still confused me because he gives a straight red, and then when he changes, he changes his mind. He, t- he pulls up, pulls out yellow. Then pulls up the red, then goes, the red don't count, no penalty, off you go. But, well, but what's the yellow for? Because you didn't give me second yellow, so. You I think he was doing everything in reverse. I think he was doing everything in reverse, which I've never seen before. Just Didn't you know, he have it in head. the same pocket as the red? Didn't he pull it out? Yeah. No, he had, he, had the yellow, he, had, he had the yellow in the upper pocket, he had the red in the back pocket. But oh, actually, didn't he already add a yellow? So I don't think you did. I, I saw a straight red come out, so I'm assuming, I assumed no, I mean, it was a straight red. Previously in the match, previously in the match, yeah, it was on the booking already. But you can't then take away a booking. No, no, I think <laughs> I, I think he, I think he obviously cocked up basically. Yeah. But I think he he withdrew, yeah. the, rescinded the red, and said you're still on the yellow, which you shouldn't have done. 
because it was no, because it confused everyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But anyway, I think he just messed up there, to be honest. But oh my god, it was Graham Pole part two. If, you, if you're old enough to know about mm. that, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> yeah, Ashley Cole situation, and was it Oxford, Alex Oxlade Chamberlain? Oh, that who was that? That was that. That was someone yeah, that, 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 that was class, six nil. Yeah, Graham Pole. I'm on one about. Yeah, Kieran Gibbs. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, Graham so, Pohl, yeah, 2000, 2006, well, yeah, 2006 World Cup as well yeah, against Croatia. Yeah, because I booked the same player three times in yeah, the third time. That's right. Oh, yeah, I've already booked you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the best one when he sent off the wrong player. Oh, but um, I can't believe none, none, neither of you have said the obvious. I mean, Socrates is going to be prime Baresi and he's also going to score a couple of goals <laughs> down the other end and he's going to knock us out and he, in the first leg. Job done. Uh, you know that's, you know that's going to happen that's don't? he's going to be a, an absolute beast on the night but um, we know he can actually score a good goal don't he but they get disallowed mm. for us as well so what can you do um, I, I honestly think it's going to be uh, two really difficult games I think we'll, we'll, we'll probably scrape I think we'll make hard work of it put it that way against uh, Olympiacos because they're not they're actually People think they're, they're all, uh, easy walkover, but it ain't going to be a walkover. It never mm. will be. It's, it's going to be a tough game. So, you know, I feel sorry for Bamiyang last season as well. By the way, because he's what he scored one of those goals mm. that will never get remembered. Mm. It was an absolute world no, because of what happened. Yeah. That's his, that's his a kick yeah. he scored, which was like yeah. probably one of the best goals of the season. And it'll never be remembered ever again. So I feel mm. sorry for him in that respect. Um, <laughs> I, I probably think we're going to get a. You know, two. I'm confident we're going to get two one win away, which is we would hope for better in regards to away goals because when you when you're in that situation, it, it's not too much of a a head start, is it, for the second leg? Because uh, against Spurs, mm-hmm. I think I'm not too concerned. We've actually had got a really good record under Arteta against the bigger sides lately. I think we've been doing really well against them. There have been a couple of exceptions, but I think overall our performances have improved and we've been quite unlucky in some of the games that we've lost. Um, if we, We've got a much better midfield than them, I think. I think the midfield is really workmanlike and it's working well for him in the, in the way that he wants to play. But I think if we get Partey and whoever... Well, so clearly it's going to be Xhaka, let's face it. If they can actually be on their game, I think they can boss that midfield, personally. And we could win it in that in that area we just need to be more clinical up front and uh we did have some bad luck i mean i th- i think people have been rinsing pepe for that where it hit the, the geezer's shoulder and went onto the mm. bar that was a bit harder than you think with your with your wrong foot for anyone not just pepe i think it's, if it had come onto his left foot i think there'd be no question at all but it was his weaker foot and i think in fact our blog said this i think uh, in his po- podcast yesterday he said when you're in his situation, it's coming to your wrong foot. All you do is you're concentrating mm. on getting it on target. And I think, he, I think James said it on the same podcast. He almost hit it too well with his wrong foot because mm. if he'd missed it slightly, it undoubtedly would have gone in the goal. So I think we can. I think we can sneak a win as well. I know I'm stupid, really. Uh, probably overly optimistic, but I'm feeling fairly confident against Spurs. I think if we do have a Saka that turns up that's really determined, he's going to be the one that lives and breathes Arsenal and knows what it means to play mm. against Spurs, even though he's young. 
I think Tierney's got it already in his blood. I think I love the his reaction when um, Pepe missed the ball that he crossed uh, <laughs> on the weekend as well, when he sort of basically nearly missed the ball altogether. His reaction to to Pepe was fantastic. What you want to see from from Tierney and what we've all grown to love. If they, if they get there on their game, they can be the players as well mm. as Partey that can drive us forward. So I'm going to go for two two one wins personally. But I just I stick with what I said earlier. I just hope he doesn't rotate too much for these next mm. three games. I just think he should go for consistency now and just try and see how it goes for the mm. rest of the season. Try and build up some momentum. Yeah, and uh, Gunner as well. What are your what are your thoughts of the week? Well, Thursday first actually. Uh, ahead of things. It's talking about Arsenal was so difficult because they're the most bipolar team in the Premier League. You can get Happy for 16 four, years. Yeah, you can get two or three games of amazing world-class talent where they, you know, walk all over the team, the opposition, and then uh, things like Burnley happen. So, look, going into the Thursday game, ultimately, it's going to be the most important game of the season so far. They need to go to Greece and blow Olympiacos out of the water. They need to score at least three goals. I really do not want to come back to the Emirates with a repeat of what happened last season. Um, but at the same time, you cannot take Olympiacos for no mugs. You know, these guys are... This is a this is a, a decent footballing side. They've got some really decent players. They've got uh, a striker who scores plenty of goals for them. They're 16 points clear in the Greek... Um, Super hmm. League and I know the Greek League is you know miles away from the Premier League but they, they have expectations they have ambition they clearly want to you know progress further than what they did last year well I think did they lose against Wolves or uh, I can't quite yeah, remember yeah, Wolves got Wolves in the last 16 right yeah yeah, so they're gonna wanna they're gonna wanna progress. They've been in the Champions League. They've got many good, talented players like Valbuena, like Bruma, like uh, they've got a good centre back in uh, Samedo, who's gonna be playing alongside Socrates, who knows everything about us. So we can't approach this game in a you know light-hearted manner. We mm. need to go to Greece and treat them like professional, like a professional opposition. Um, mm. And if we do that, and if we learn from our mistakes from, from last year, we need to take our opportunities. And I think we do have a, a, a better squad of players than last season. The only difference is that these players choose to turn up whenever they want. They're far too inconsistent. Mm. And if, if their performances were, were more, more consistent this season, um, I think we'd be a lot higher than 10th. I think we, we could potentially be, be sitting top six. Um, but that goes with a number of different reasons. Inconsistent performances, players that shouldn't be playing for the club, etc., etc. So look, I have a good feeling about, about Thursday. I think um, these players have all the ability to score three or four goals against Olympiacos in Greece. They're going to make it difficult for us. They're going to know how to frustrate us and they're going to know how to play against mm. us. We're just going to have to be smarter and we're going to have to play smarter. Um, luckily, we have in Arteta a manager who is intelligent, who can play football against their opposition like they did against Southampton and, you know, walk all over them. Um, but am I thinking about the North London derby? No, not really. Would I be thinking about the North London derby two weeks ago if we had taken results against Burnley? Um, and I think who was at Villa before that? Yes, Villa I would Burnley, be yeah. because because it would be a completely different story. We would be in the race to get to finish potentially fifth 
or fourth had we had picked up those points. But we haven't. And look, the league is done as far as mm. as far as I'm concerned. We're sitting tenth. Mm. We're, the highest we'll probably go is eighth, maybe seventh by some miracle. Um, but look, North London derby for me is special because you know I have a lot of pride as an Arsenal fan to not lose to those mm. lots down the road. If they finish mm. above us, they finish above us. But to lose against them at the Emirates is a, a massive no-no for me. So mm. they. The next three games are absolutely crucial. We're going to see mm. what they're made of. We're going to see whether they have balls um, and mm. you know how much pride and dignity they have within themselves. Because like all of you guys have mentioned, lose the next three games or not get the right results, it's going to be a very, very, very deep and dark hole to climb out of. Mm. Uh, yeah, that might be my... Kimarskal, but because I think we're going to get a scrap. It'll be a tight-fisted, scrappy two-nil win. Literally, we'll be we'll go one up and we'll fight. We'll be fighting away, fighting away. We're busking if to get a second. And yeah, I think we learn. We have to learn from last year. These are the same opponents that knocked us out last year that embarrassed us on this, especially the second leg. And they have to learn from that. These are the same. Most of the squad is the same players. They need to go away now and think, mm. well. We can't have that. It's not your two years in the trot. We need to avenge what happened last year. This is a perfect chance for us to get revenge on them and then move on, basically, and and knock them out. Because two years again, two, get knocked out two years about against the same team in a European competition, we'll get absolutely the fan base will fall apart as we always see, and the rival, rival fans will take the piss out of us. It's like, well, there's nothing to improve. We're not getting there's no European because that's this is the thing. The pressure's on our players now because it's, it's Europa League or bust in terms of what you want European football next season. You have, you're going to have to go all the way and win this. And honestly, do I think we're going to win it? No, but we've got a chance. Yes. But it's down to these players. It's down to the manager as well on the day. But, well, apart from that, I'm just hoping Mick it. The one thing I'm hoping for come first, even the last come is Jack is not in the in eleven at least. If he's in the eleven, I'm the, I'm not gonna be happy, but I'm gonna have to suck it up. Come what come doing the watch, I'm gonna have to be sucking it up because for ninety minutes I have to support the guy, but at the same time if he makes mistakes, I'm gonna call him out on it like we always do. Mm. And like for any other player as well, if not just signaling that our um Jack of anyone's listens this listens this back on Spotify or anything, the guys, oh yeah. This is just a podcast that attacks players. Da, 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 da. Basically, the, the fact of the matter is, hit of all the Premier League players, he's top of the list for errors that have directly led to a goal this season alone. That's eight, just this season alone. That's not including last season, the season before, the season before, and his first season. So we can't just blindly support them and say, oh, they want to. Like, that's another thing that pissed, sort of pissed me off as I was finishing. That, that him and him and our chat, not our chat, Bamiyang put these tweets out going, "Oh, we're so sorry, sort of shot our chance." Da, 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 da. But that's football, that's life. Because that's really like, like half hour after a game, you know the fan base isn't exactly happy. Come on, and also I don't like that. I don't like that mentality. You say, no, you go okay. We, we, we fucked we up. Scared. When he was captain, remember after the Watford game? Oh, Watford, yeah. So what, the Watford game, again. Come out after the match. Well, you don't do that as a captain, yeah. do you? you don't say yeah, two, we're 2-0 up, we up against Watford away and we were scared of him. Cough. I don't want that. I'm used to a mentality of winners that 
no matter what, no matter who the opponent was, they turned up. They got, they got in your face. Burko, everyone thought was a nice guy. He got in your face. He is a nice little player as well. They they left everything on the pitch. Some of these players like like the because the Hector Bellamy's they have no interest in the football club itself or football itself. The, I mean, literally, there's a clip going around a couple of weeks ago of Hector Bellamy that net when he was at an F1 in Canada or something like that. And it was it was called a hipster. He wasn't called after his name. You, you could know you knew it was him. And the report was basically didn't refer him to Hector Bellamy or recognise him or anything. He just called him a hipster. Or well, he's a perfect place for hipsters. But he's more interested in things like that and being in them sort of places and or I want to and his attitude recently apparently spoke to Arteta of oh uh, I want to I don't want to be stuck here the rest of my Arsenal career now. I want to use my best years at another club. But what have you showed anyone that your best years are to come? Because from what I've seen, people may disagree with me, but his best years are from when he first started. We haven't seen the best of him since then. When he first broke through, then he got comfortable. As soon as he got comfortable, knew he weren't going to get challenged. He sort of got, okay, feet up. Now he's a bit of a challenger with Cedric and now Chambers is back. He wants to leave. And again, I've, and again, this season I've said numerous times, it's an insult that he has the number two jersey. We look at who's had it recent, who's had it in the past and played in that position and actually can defend. And, and that's the main attribute, he cannot defend, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up because I'm going to rattle on myself and going to an absolute rant otherwise. Um, thanks guys for coming on, Gary, Andrew, as always. <laughs> uh, appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Hope you see you again, Gary, for Thursday. I know Andrew's busy. I know Melvin can't make it either for Thursday. He's got something coming up. Uh, wait for a couple of others to confirm back a bit properly on Thursday. Watch I'll along. Let you know when it, I'll let you know when it runs. I might be able to, to yeah. squeeze on if, if you have Oh, uh, yeah. It's not always either way, but yeah. Um, and Anthony and... Gunner, sorry. Uh, I keep forgetting your own tonight. Sorry, I just call me Gunnarsson's 96. It's a difficult name yeah. to remember. No, no, it's not that. My, mind, my mind's gone blank. I literally had, I had the bloody vaccine on Friday. My mind's gone blank ever since. My, brain farts all whatever weekend. Um, but yeah, thanks again. Thanks, Colin. I hope, hopefully, hope you'd like to come back, back on again soon another time. Yeah, hopefully, you're more cheerful in that beat. <laughs> I just say it's been a really, really good show. I think everyone's mm. been fantastic tonight. So it's been a pleasure being on with all of you. I think yeah. it's been a great debate, mm. actually. Yeah, uh, exactly what you want on a on a podcast where you have a few different views and you have mm. a proper debate about it rather than just mm. arguing all the time on Twitter. So yeah. it's been a pleasure, guys. Mm. <laughs> yeah. All right, thanks, man. Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, no worries. And where can people so, find I'm sorry you? Sorry for being late again, with... by the way. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. We'll start with Gunner since six, uh, 96, sorry. Um, where could people find you? On all your social so, yeah, you, your... you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Gunner since 96. I've also got a channel myself. I aim to release a piece of content every day. Uh, again, that's Gunner since 96. Yes. Yep. And what about yourself, Anthony? Got a few? Yeah. <laughs> as you can see below uh, Twitter handle is at rip of Arsenal um, I do have a channel called Republic of Arsenal and look if anybody's interested um, I have an Olympiacos fan on the channel 7pm UK time tomorrow so definitely come over and, uh, and check it out 
and uh, yeah, big shout out, Ryan. Thanks, uh, thanks for letting me come on the panel here. It's been a long time coming, so I, I enjoyed it. I'll be, I'll be back. That's that's fantastic to hear, uh, Gary. What about yourself? And have you got your my five ready for Thursday yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So DWTT is, uh, I guess, my moniker. You'll see it all over. Uh, it's my uh, YouTube channel, DWTT Arsenal. In the search window, search box, will get it to come up. The waste to tweet is my Twitter handle, so you can check there for any of my, you know, my shows when they come up. The main one being my five, where I just take a look at five of the players and uh, discuss them in the game. So we'll see who the five are this week. Uh, and this, I guess there's two games, Thursday and uh, when is it Sunday, I think. So Sunday, look for those coming out. Yeah, otherwise yeah. you can yeah, otherwise you can find me here on Mr. Arsenal eighty nine or you, you you know, a couple of days a week on Arsenal Fan Circle. Yeah. And Andrew, what about yourself? Um yeah, as always to see from Dial Square to our YouTube channel, please check it out. I'm definitely gonna go and check your you guys out uh, after this uh, this show's finishes. Um Mm-hmm. please join us again on that I think actually not doing a show tomorrow because I've agreed to go on with Richard on over Richard, and over sorry, and over yeah. again so I'm doing a show with Richard tomorrow instead um, but also hopefully we'll have um, the one and only Graham Ricks hopefully for next weekend next not next weekend sorry next Wednesday so fingers next crossed week, for that one touch wood. really really hope so that uh, we can get it going on the third mm. Uh, third time lucky mm. so yeah, yeah you get, get me on twitter um, at uh from doll square yeah once again thanks again absolutely no problem it's and nice. again for anyone that's new to the channel that's come across this now if you've you liked what we've done tonight you've enjoyed what we've done do subscribe do smash the like button and do share the content around and if, and as you can see on the screen as of last week, this will be the second podcast that goes up on Spotify in the next hour or so, hopefully, depending on how long it takes to download his computer. But yeah. How did you manage to wrangle that one, Ryan? I thought you had to have six it, before the That's I mean, I'm, great, I'm really great, great, glad you have, but I thought I'm sure you had to have six rather than just, just the one. So that's good. You've managed to have scored. Um, no, literally, I set it all up. And then anyway, you don't, small... do this off, you don't have to do this online if you don't want to. I should have asked you. Off no, so I do apologise. No, no, it's fine. No, no, no problem. I've, I've, I've done, I've, again, I've done nothing dodgy, so I've got nothing to hide. So literally, <laughs> no, I, I know I you haven't. I know you haven't. Look, just people. No, because you have to, yeah. you have to use your goons that hang around the channel and get, do the old, oh, I try and piss him off. Yeah, this like, it, actually, it, again, it, all they're doing is that helping my channel out to fucking Mongols. But um, no, when, I, when we did a, when we, did a, we were going for the anchor thing last last week on anchor, literally did set it all up, and then so I think literally just before I was about to go to sleep, got an email come through saying your your canal your your podcast is now available on Spotify. And within ten sure. minutes, I could find it. I was like bloody. I was like okay, great. So then promoted that, but then obviously it's now put in the in the script in the back banner here going across the screen now on so you can find me on this if you've missed this we want to listen back and listen listen you can go and find us on spotify the mr arsenal podcast and this again this episode this episode will be up in the next hour no, no more no less but there uh, with that um we're gonna say goodbye now and we'll be back on thursday for the watch along that's an eight o'clock kickoff isn't it so is that eight o'clock yeah, eight o'clock, isn't it? So half seven, we'll go live, go for the teams and all that. 
as we usually do. And yeah, until then, enjoy the rest of the evening, enjoy yourself tomorrow, and prepare yourself for Thursday. And as always, up the Arsenal. Up the Come Arsenal. on, you gunners. I'll just subscribe to your channels, guys. So I'll be having a look right now. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Gunner family. <laughs>